This is Yolanda Robbins, your host of the Parish Property Chronicles. In this episode of the Parish Property Chronicles, my guest once again is property tax attorney Arno Colson of Givet Avocat. Arno is back to continue our conversation on French property taxes, but this time we focus on what to expect from capital gains taxes when selling your secondary residence and the tax implications of receiving a property through an inheritance or a donation. Let's hear how this Parisian tax attorney can assist you in preparing for your property tax obligations in Paris. Arno, I am thrilled to have you as my first repeat guest on the Parish Property Chronicles. How are you doing today? Um, hello, Yolanda. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. And I know that uh, maybe our listeners don't know, we, we're back in lockdown. Are you working from home and how's your family? No, I'm, I'm working from home mainly, uh, but sometime I have to, to go to, to the office uh, for my clients. And yeah, my family is okay. Uh, so far, uh, so good. Great. We got a lot of positive feedback from the first part of our interview, and I encouraged some of our listeners to send me a couple of questions. Can we start with some questions from the topics that we spoke about last time, which were property taxes, like the tax d'habitation, the tax foncière? Yeah, 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 of course. Okay, great. Here's a question from one of my listeners. I heard the government was eliminating the tax d'habitation. However, I continue to receive mine. Can you explain? Oh, yeah. Well, the government did eliminate the tax d'habitation for um, taxpayers using their property as their main uh, residence. So um, I don't know what is the situation of our listener, but uh, if uh, you are a non-resident, for example, and you hold a property in France and you use it as a secondary uh, residence, uh, the tax d'habitation exemption does not apply. Okay. It also depends on uh, the income you receive and uh, whether you're married or whether you have children. Their condition. Uh, it's not a universal uh, application of, uh, regarding, the regarding the exemption. Uh, it's uh, only uh, on specific cases. Okay, great. I got another question from one of our listeners, and it was relating to the wealth tax or IFI. They wanted to know if there is a deduction for a primary residence before applying the tax. So if they live in the property, do they have a deduction for someone who, who, who lives in the property as opposed to someone who is a non-resident? Oh, yes, they do. You're right. You may benefit from a rebate of 30% applicable on the, on the market value of the, of the property. But again, it's a, if you're using the property as your primary residence, residence principal. That is to say that uh, if you're a non-resident, you cannot evidence that uh, the property is using as your prim primary residence, of course. So, yeah, if you are a tax resident in France, if you're using the property uh, as your primary residence, of course, you may get a rebate of 30%. And then, uh, yeah, if the property uh, has a market value of 1 million, uh, you only uh, pay, you only declare a taxable base of uh, 700,000 euros. Okay, that's probably good news for that listener. So there you have it. Today, we're going to focus on capital gains taxes and if you obtain the property through a donation or an inheritance. 
I'm going to be perfectly clear. I am very familiar or somewhat familiar with capital gains taxes because a lot of my clients who do sell their property, it is a secondary residence for them. So I understand the mechanics of capital gains taxes. However, I'm not very familiar with obtaining a property through a donation or inheritance tax, through an inheritance, pardon me. Can you just give us a brief overview? The first thing that is key is to understand that when a property obtained through a donation or inheritance uh, is located in France, in most cases, that means that the beneficiary will be subject to donation or inheritance tax in France. And the taxable base in case uh, of uh, taxation is the market value of the property you're receiving, whether it is a donation or inheritance. What are the rates? The rates are progressive. Uh, so it's it's uh, the same uh, principle than for income tax. Uh, so there are rates. Um, the higher rate, the marginal rate is 45% after um, when the estate exceeds 1.8 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to make a long story short, I think uh, it's better to give a rough example. Great. We like examples from you. They yeah. make things very clear and easy for us lay people to understand. Yeah. So when the rates are progressive, we, we do a, an average uh, in order to, to get the effective tax rate. So if the market value of a property uh, is uh, 1.5 million, for example, you get an effective tax rate of around 27%. If the value of the of the property is um, 2.5 million euro, the effective tax rate, the average, is 33%. So these effective tax rates are the rates that are applied that come up with the amount that the person who receives the property, either through donation or inheritance, has to pay in terms of taxes. Exactly. Okay. All right. And the higher the value of the property is, of course, the higher the effective tax rate will be. So if we get a property of 5 million euro, the effective tax rate is uh, 39, almost 40. You see? Wow. Okay. Uh, so it's um, really depend of the market value of what you're receiving. Okay. Uh, in, in terms of the property inheritance tax, I, I presume there are exemptions on either donations or in, inheritance. Do those exemptions differ for people who are family members as opposed to people who inherit a property and they're not a family member? Oh, yeah. And actually, the rate I was talking about uh, relates to a donation within a family. If you want to gift a property, a third party to someone that is not a part of your family, the rate is 30%. And that's it. It's not progressive. It's 30%. Okay. So say I had a daughter, which I do. She's my stepdaughter. When I ceased to exist and I wanted to have her be the owner of this property that I live in, because she's not a blood relative, there would be a straight flat 30%. Uh, 60%, yeah. 60%? 60%. Yeah, but, but uh, with uh, adoption, sorry, I don't know the word in English, but uh, there are rules. You may adopt someone with a specific regime and get the um, taxable uh, rules as if uh, she was your blood daughter. And are the statute of limitations for people who are non-residents who receive a property by inheritance? Yeah, but uh, for, first of all, just let me sure. get back to the last question. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there are tax exemption. Okay, uh, basically, you you get a one uh, hundred thousand euro exemption 
It's a rebate. It's quite low, but it is an exemption. On uh, the first 100,000 euro uh, received, you don't pay anything. And then you compute your taxable base on top of 100,000 euro. So, and of course, you don't have that kind of exemption if you're gifting uh, something uh, to a non-family member. Okay. So, yeah, sorry. So, no, 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 that's fine. So, so back to the, the other questions. Yeah, the statutes of limitation, right? Exactly. Are there statutes of limitations on non-residents in terms of uh, inheriting property? First of all, the, the deadline for filing, it's six months when you're resident, but but the, in, in fact, when you're non-resident, you have one year. If you don't do anything within uh, this deadline of one year, the French tax authority has six years to do uh, some audit on that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, after six years, uh, six years computed from the date of the, um, of the disease, after six years, they cannot do anything unless they are auditing income tax. And when auditing income tax, they discover that uh, you receive a, a property uh, without saying anything. And then the, the statute uh, of limitation may be expanded uh, from six years to 10 years. To 10 years. So that's the ultimate deadline. Exactly. Okay, great. Now let's get to something that I'm more familiar with, <laughs> which is capital gains taxes. And capital gains taxes is applied to any property that's sold as a secondary residence. So even if you're French and you're not living in it, it's considered a secondary residence. So that is correct, right? Yeah, totally correct. Can you tell us when someone is exempt from paying capital gains taxes when selling a property in France? Yeah, sure. The philosophy is um, the more time you hold the, the property, the less uh, tax you pay, right? So mm -hmm. you get a rebate. So first of all, the standard taxation is 36.2%. Part of it is income tax at the rate of 19%. And the other part of it is social advice at the rate of 17.2%. After 22 years you get a full exemption of income tax, but you still have to pay an amount of social levies. And after 30 years of holding your property, you get a full exemption, income tax and social levies. So the rebate on progressive, again, uh, there are a lot of progressivity in tax. Yeah, again, to, to give you a rough idea, if you hold your property for 10 years, the global effective tax rate, I mean, uh, income tax and social levy is around 29%. Okay. So it's it's better than 36, right? Mm -hmm. But it's still 29. Um, if you hold it for 15 years, you decrease the rate from 36, of course, to 21. So it's better, 20, almost 22%. And if you hold it for 20 years, it's 15. And if you're holding for, yeah, 25 years, it's seven. So the, basically, they encourage you, they want you to hold the property longer. And the longer you hold it, they reduce the basis upon which they apply the tax. So the effective tax rate is lower. Exactly. But this happens when the seller is an individual, okay? Not when ah. the seller is a company, unless it is a SCE whose shares are directly held by uh, individuals. Because if it is a company, that's different. This logic does not apply. Okay. So except for SCIs, which is a structure that's created expressly to own a property, then these exemptions don't apply. Actually, even uh, within the SCE, uh, this may not apply. 
it depends on uh, who are the shareholders of the SAE and also what is the uh, activity of the SAE. If it's okay. a location new or if it's a location meublé, it depends. But the things to remember is the rebate apply when the seller is an individual or if he's holding a share in a SCE that is not renting the, the property or if they're renting the property, uh, it's, uh, there is no, uh, the property is not furnished. It's not uh, furnished uh, by uh, not meublé. I don't know. Uh, that you said it correctly. Furnished. Okay. For sure. Okay. I had a question and this probably differs for every country, but do owners have to pay capital gains taxes on the sale of a French property in their home residence? Yeah, because usually a double tax treaty may, may apply, right? Or to avoid double taxation situation. In most treaties, uh, for example, if you're uh, your tax domicile in the US and you own a, a property in France, you're subject to tax in France, but then you have to declare the capital gain in the US, but you get a tax credit equal to the tax paid in France. Mm -hmm. So basically, the double uh, taxation situation is eliminated because the country of residence has to give you a tax credit. They may give to you a tax credit or they might say, okay, the, the capital gain is exempt in your country of residence because you already uh, pay uh, taxes uh, in the country where uh, the income uh, is a source. Okay. In France, basically. In France, basically. Can you just give us some examples of what is considered an allowable deduction on the basis before applying the capital gains taxes? So I know that sometimes you can take the renovation work and reduce your basis for that. But can you just give us some examples? Yeah, of course, the capital gain is the difference between the sale price and the, and the acquisition price. And uh, that is true that on top of the acquisition price, you may add uh, fees relating to the acquisition at that time. That is to say, uh, uh, the, the notary fees, basically, the 8% uh, notary fees. So you may um, add to the uh, acquisition price a fee computed on a, on a loop sum basis equal to 7.5%. Okay. So 7.5% of your purchase price, you may automatically add that amount to your purchase price. And this okay. is, of course, reducing your capital gain, right? You may add also fees relating to renovation works, whether the renovation work has, has, uh, has been made uh, within the copropriété or in your own uh, flat. I'm say I'm telling that because we have a lot of clients that, that don't often do renovating work in their flat, but of course every year within the building in Paris, uh, for example, they're renovating work done by the by the syndic by the copropriété. Right. So things like special assessments. So exactly. whether that be the refacing of the facade exactly, yeah. okay, or the roof, yeah. those capital improvements could potentially be used to reduce your basis. And in that case, the law enables you to compute that on a lump sum basis, which is 15% of the purchase price, whether it is on the, on the building or whether it is on, on your flat. Uh, the only thing that doesn't work is when, because there is a, a precedent on that, on case law, a funny precedent. Because in the deed, in the selling um, processing agreement, the seller wrote down that no renovating work has been done. You know, they wrote that specifically in the agreement. 
Okay, in the purchase agreement. In the purchase agreement. Okay. Uh, I, I think they, they did that because uh, they wanted to, uh, you know, uh, say to the purchaser, uh, this is your responsibility to renovate everything because I will not do anything and I declare it uh, in the agreement. But after that, they reduce the capital gain, adding uh, that uh, loops, that, that adding fees for renovating work. Well, that seems like a conflict. Exactly. So French tax authorities say, look, you cannot do that because you expressly uh, say in the agreement that you didn't uh, do anything. So sometimes you have to pay attention because uh, you cannot uh, say uh, conflicting uh, things because after that, uh, you, you don't get the benefit of the loop sum uh, uh, fee um, deduction. Ah, that sounds like a no-no. And that's another reason for my listeners to contact you if they're interested (laughs) to purchase their property. Um, I understand that when you purchase a property, you need to have a notaire. But when you sell a property as a non-resident, you also have to have an entity called a fiscal representative. Can you just give us an understanding of what a fiscal representative is and their role in selling the property? The role is to review what the seller is, is doing, basically. He has uh, the official uh, accreditation uh, label from the French tax authorities. And for French tax authorities, it's a way to ask an uh, independent consultant to review whether the value is correct uh, or whether it is a low value, whether the way to compute the capital gains is, um, is made correctly. Uh, for example, uh, that question of allowable deduction, they, they can review that. And also, they are quite sensitive because in case of uh, tax audit and tax reassessment, they may pay the, the tax instead of the taxpayer. So the liability is, uh, is quite uh, significant. And I presume any fees that you have to pay this fiscal representative yeah, can be deducted yeah, from also the, from, from the, the sale basis? price. Is that oh. um, and actually, but actually, um, even when the the transaction uh, is a is not a capital gain but a but a loss, that's a pity because um, the fee are computed on the sale price, and it's about zero point five percent of the sale price. Okay, so whether there's a gain or not, they still have to represent a non-resident when they when they sell the, the property. Is a tax representative necessary if it's your secondary residence, but you're French? Oh, yeah. If you are, as long as you're not resident and as long as you're res- tax domicile in a country outside the European Union. If you're a tax domicile in the European Union, you don't, you don't need a, a tax representative. I just want to make sure that we're perfectly clear. So if you're a French national and you have a secondary residence and you sell that property, you have to pay capital gains because it's not the property that you're living in. But do you need a fiscal representative? You need it if, as a national, you're tax domicile in a, in a country outside the European Union. doesn't matter whether you're a national or not. Uh, what matters is uh, the place of residence. Okay, so whether if you're outside of France. Exactly. Okay, we have a few other questions from our listeners in anticipation of my conversation with you about capital gains taxes. Here's one. We own two apartments in Paris, one of which we rent and are purchasing a house in Brittany. How would you recommend we set up the Brittany purchase to optimize the tax and inheritance for our son through an SCI or another mechanism. Actually, this is not for capital gains, it's for inheritance tax. 
Yeah, and we and we could spend one hour on this or two or three or four. Well, since we don't have one hour, <laughs> tell us what you can in a minute. Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, I accept the challenge. You may uh, do um, what we call a donation of new propriété. Uh, new propriété, what it is, is a right on the property. So basically, the parents keep the right of using the property. It is called in French usufruit. It's a usufruit. And you give to the children a right named uh, new propriété. And why it is tax efficient? It's because if you're doing that, you may pay donation uh, tax in France, but with a rebate applicable on the taxable base. And the principle is the more younger you are as a parent, the more uh, the tax advantage is uh, important. You have to do that earlier because uh, the logic is uh, if you are anticipating um, that kind of donation, uh, you pay a tax only at the time when you're donating the right of a new propriété. And then on a basis that can be uh, only 50%. Uh, or sometimes uh, 40% if you are less than uh, 51 years old or you pay tax on only uh, 30% of the market value of the property if you are less than uh, 41 years old. Uh, and then if something terrible happens, you will not pay inheritance tax again. It's done. I mean, you only pay once at the time of the donation on a, on a reduced basis. And then if something terrible happens, the property will have a, a transfer of legal ownership between you and the, the children, and you don't pay any tax on this transfer. Okay, I get it. I must admit, I was a little lost when you first started talking, but now I understand the reason. It's better to do it if you're, let's say, 40 than if you're 65. Exactly. Okay, understood. And of course, uh, SA can be better. Because you can give uh, the share and not uh, the property itself. And in order to uh, manage uh, the holding of the company between uh, brother and sister, it's better to do that within an SA, but uh, still uh, doing that donation of new property and uh, the parents keep the, the right of uh, using the property. Okay, great. Um, here's another question from one of my listeners. We recently moved to Portugal and plan to sell our family apartment, which was their primary residence, I presume. How long do we have to sell the property and under what conditions to remain exempt from capital gains taxes? You have one year from the date of your transfer of tax domicile to sell uh, the property. But uh, be careful because the rule is that the property may not be uh, rented or made available freely to anyone uh, between the date when you are transferring your tax residency in Portugal and the date uh, you, you're going to sell uh, your asset. So you have one year, but uh, be careful, don't rent uh, the flat and don't make it uh, available to anyone. Here's another question from one of our listeners. Uh, we recently moved into our former secondary residence in Paris, and we found it to be too small. We'd like to purchase a larger property. Would we be subject to capital gains if we sold this property that we've lived in for the last several months? 
Yeah, it's not a yes or no question. Uh, <laughs> Another question that <laughs> really? we need to answer in a minute, but could probably take an hour. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there are a case law on that, actually. So it's a case-by-case analysis, really. I remember a case, uh, the taxpayer stayed eight months, I think, and uh, it has been considered as enough to declare that it was his effective main residency. But um, sometimes uh, the judge can consider that uh, it depends. It depends on the invoice regarding electricity. Any evidence that, that can show that it was your main residency, even if the, the duration of stay was um, less than one year. But usually it's better to stay at least one year to have a tax d'habitation saying that it is your tax residence principal, to have one year of... Uh, of uh, invoices of electricity mm-hmm. uh, that show that you stayed and uh, and uh, yeah one year one year is better if you don't want to have any uh, discussion because six months three months uh, uh, yeah I think it's a, it's a gray area and uh, it, there is a room for uh, French tax authority to discuss um, to contest to, to challenge. As you said during our conversation, we could talk about taxes for hours. <laughs> But unfortunately, our time has come where we have to finish. Do you have any any additional thoughts, comments for our listeners? Well, yeah, I, I would, I would, I would say uh, only one thing. It's really, really important for uh, for tax reason to anticipate and to think about the structuring before any acquisition. Because after that, it's too late. Mm-hmm. Uh, so remember, if you set up a company, the, the shareholder of the company has to be in the, uh, has to be in individuals. Otherwise, uh, you could have a tax adverse um, effect uh, that would be detrimental to um, to the project. So it's really really important to anticipate to uh, seek for advice. I know that people uh, that say, okay, first I do that for emotional reason, and then I will uh, get rid of the administration, the tax, and the legal afterwards. But uh, I think uh, you have to do both uh, at the same time. It's better. So it's better to be prepared. And to do that, it's better to have the advice of someone like you and the counsel of someone like you. Arnold, I want to thank you again for joining us for the second time on the Paris Property Chronicles. And I hope that it won't be the last. (laughs) Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you again very much, Yolanda. And be well and stay safe, both to you, your family, and we'll speak soon. Yeah, you too. Thank you. For more information, guidance, and counsel on property taxes, please reach out to Arno directly on LinkedIn through the firm's website, GV Avocat at www.gv-paris.com, and he'll be able to assist you with all of your property tax needs. I'm Yolanda Robbins. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Paris Property Chronicles, property tailored for you.